How we doing, Rock Harbor? Good. Everybody blessed? Amen. All right, good, good. We're going to get into some stuff tonight. And uh, we'll do something a little bit different. Take this format, change it up a little bit than what I'm used to typically doing. I'll kind of explain it. Um, you can be turned into Proverbs, chapter 27. There's a, there's this thing that each one of, of you and I, we, we operate in day in and day out, and sometimes we don't really think about it, and sometimes it's not, it's not always readily in front of us, especially when I give you the word and you, you understand uh, where I'm coming from, <clears throat> because we're tied together by this, and it's something that God has given us, it's something that God has put in front of us. I believe it's something that God expects from uh, us to, to maintain and to, and to keep hold of. Some of us are good at it. Some of us are not so good at it. But that thing that, that brings us together is relationships. It's relationships. And the, the moment I say relationships, we get all kinds of different ideas in our mind. What, is, what do you mean by relationships? Well, what we're going to do tonight is I'm going to give you a set of scriptures. And what we're going to do is we're going to take these scriptures and we're going to drop them into the dynamic of relationships. Because when you look at the wisdom of God and you look at the wisdom of his word and the things that he gives us, I, I, there's a lot of training and there's a lot of teaching in the book of Proverbs about how to handle and maintain relationships. And when you, when you think about relationships, okay, so you think about Husband and wife, right? Child to parent, parent to child. Brother to brother, sister to sister. Uh, those are immediate family. Uh, cousins, aunts, uncles, right? Uh, we also have our relationships with the people at our jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them are good, some of them are not so good. <laughs> we have relationships with people at church. Uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, we know that. We, we know that's, uh, those are kingdom relationships, right? So there's a dynamic there. There's all kinds of dynamics of relationships. It would be good for us to take a, a series of scriptures, and what we're going to do is we're going to drop those into the dynamic of relationships, and then we're going to talk about them. We're going to kind of hash some of these things out. And if you've, you've studied Proverbs, if you read it, you'll know that Proverbs doesn't necessarily follow an, uh, a particular flow. You can go from scripture to scripture, and it'll jump, jump, and it'll jump from wisdom to wisdom. Mm -hmm. So in order for us to, to, to go through this, we're going to take the, this wisdom, and, and these scriptures are in, within the sphere of relationships, because we all need relationships. Amen. We all need it. Now, some of us may deny that fact. Some of us may not like that fact. Some of us may have all kinds of ideas about how relationships work, and, and, and I, I, I tell you that from somebody who was really... When I was very young and I was getting, as I got older and got out of my teenage years and get into my 20s, I did not have a very healthy view of how relationships work. And let me be clear on how that is or what that was. My view of relationships was that the people that were the closest to me were the people that mattered the most. And you think, well, okay, that's a given, right? 
That's true, but everyone outside of those relationships to me didn't matter, like at all. And I had to learn the hard way that God has given each one of us a sphere of relationships. We have people around us all the time, whether that's work-related, church-related, uh, school-related for the kids. You have a sphere of relationships. The people that you are around are for a reason. They're for a reason. God puts you there. You ever been in a place, uh, and some of you that have worked at different jobs, stuff, you know what I'm saying, and, and you, you're in a place, and you speak to people, and you talk to them, you develop relationships with them. Maybe you've even witnessed to them, and time goes on, and all of a sudden, supervisor comes out of nowhere and says, we're moving you. We need you over here in Office R, or I need you in this plant over here, and you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Or maybe you even switch jobs. All of a sudden, your life changes. What happens? Your sphere of people changes completely. The people that you were ministering to, they're gone now. They've, they've went in a different direction. And now you're ministering and talking to and dealing with people in a completely different sphere. And I've noticed that sometimes those seasons are, are really good and you're around people that you really like. You with me? You develop good relationships and then sometimes you're around people that you don't like. And you're in situations you would rather not be in. A sphere of relationships. Because no matter how you look at it, you and I will always have to deal with relationships. Always. There's always going to be something going on in your life that's connected to someone else. So, I want to show you some scriptures. You'll understand it, I think, a little bit more as we get into it. Maybe you already get it. So, 27, <coughs> Proverbs 27. Verse 1 says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. How many have read that scripture before? Mm -hmm. I've read that, and that's some good wisdom, right? So how do I take verse 1 and I drop that into the dynamic of a relationship? Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. You're right. You know why? Because your life is intricately entwined with everyone around you. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Now, directly or indirectly? You say, well, what do you mean exactly? Because what happens to you is going to affect me, whether I like it or not. The people around you, if you're tied to them, if you've got a relationship with someone, what happens tomorrow to that person will also affect you. And so I took this scripture differently, differently than I've ever taken it before. Don't boast about tomorrow. Yes, from a personal perspective, right? Because we know that this is the day that the Lord has made. So we trust God to take the day in the direction that it needs to go. For me personally, right? But what about the people around you? I don't know what's going to happen to them either. And so I humble myself and say, God, not only direct my path, but also direct the path of my family, direct the path of my friends, direct the path of, of the people that I'm closest to. Help them too, because if things go awry in their life, then that's going to affect me also. Too often we think that, now can, can we agree on something tonight? Can we agree that often, by design, we really think a lot about ourselves. And we think, man, I got to get, huh, let, let, me, let me do let me do this. I'll just be honest with you. So back when COVID and everything was going on, man, I was thinking, man, we're all going to run out of food. And so I'm stocking up on food. How many of you are here stocking up on your food? 
it's okay, you know, it's fine, nothing's happened. And it's, you know, you think, man, you know, why did I stack up on that food? I was stacking up all this food and, and a lot of canned goods. I got a lot of canned goods, man. Well, I got seven people to feed, though. So there's a reason why I stack up on so much canned goods. And so we get all this stuff together, you know, and we want to make sure that we're prepared and everything like that. But I had this, this, this thing hit me one day, and I was thinking about it. And I thought, you know, if everything was really tough, though, you think, well, your family will be okay. That's the way it was prepared for. But I got to thinking about it. I mean, who in their right mind is not going to feed the friend? You're going to feed your brother. You're going to feed your sister. Why? Because what happens to them affects you. Mm-hmm. Why? How? Because you're intertwined. It's a relationship. Whether you like it or not, you're connected. You're connected to that individual. So we don't boast about tomorrow, not just for ourselves, but for the other individuals also. That we don't, we don't make boastful plans because we're, inter, we're interconnected with each other. And, and really, the, the, and you'll see it as we go through this, the thing about relationships is preservation. It's the most, one of the most valuable things. And, and I see that word, and I don't, I don't think the word's actually mentioned in God's word when it comes to relationships, but that's exactly what's being said, is that preservation with each other is everything. And that we preserve the thing that we got. I don't really think about that kind of stuff, though. Especially not on the daily. Why? Because I take it for granted. Uh-huh. I take it for granted that my, my brother... I go out to breakfast with him the other morning. Thanks again for that. I appreciate that. Bought me breakfast, and we spent some time together. We drank some coffee. Take for granted that opportunity, right? Have coffee with Pastor John often. Just talk about different things. Uh, I see my brothers and sisters in Christ. We come into church here, and we do what we do. Don't really think anything about it. We don't really think about how we're intertwined. We don't think about how close we are. We don't think about how the, what affects one person affects someone else and how those things are operating together. We're naive. We're absolutely naive to think that tomorrow doesn't really matter as long as it doesn't involve me directly. That's naive. Because if it happens to them, it's going to happen to you. It's going to affect you too. So uh, verse 1 is awareness. It's awareness about what's coming tomorrow and that even though you might have the pantry full and you might have the freezer full, and you might have all those things in place. Someone else may not. And it's going to affect you. It's going to affect everybody. Once, if something happens, it's going to affect everybody. I don't want to spend too much time on that. We'll keep moving. So verse 2 says, Let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. Let's drop it. We're going to put it right there in the dynamic of a relationship. Why is it important not to be boastful and arrogant when you're in the di- in the proximity or the dynamic of people that are close to you? Rick? Pride. pride. Now, th- th- let's talk about pride for just a minute. Not just, remember now, we're talking about, we're talking about not just any kind of pride here, but we're talking about pride within the dynamic of a relationship between a husband and a wife. Remember, we gave those examples earlier. In the dynamic of family, in the dynamic of church. <coughs> How can, how can pride damage that? Most people don't like really being around somebody that toots their own horn all the time. That's it, right there. And toot your own horn is exactly the example that I was going to use. Have you, have, you, have you ever been around somebody like that? How about somebody that was even close to you? It's like, man, 
I'd love to sit and talk with you for a while, but you can't keep your own name out of your mouth. <laughs> and that's and that's and that's frustrating. But you think, man, alive. I just wish we could I wish we could have a different conversation than you always talking about what you're doing or what you're planning. And when we're talking about remember, we come back to preservation. When we're when we're preserving a relationship, it's not always about us. It's asking the other individual, how have you been doing? How are you feeling? In our, in our world, there are so many things that happen to you and I within a day. I mean, there are things happening to me today and I get stories and sometimes I share those stories. I text Sean often. Him and I will bounce back and forth with incidents and things. He, ta- he blew a tire in Oklahoma City, he immediately sends me a picture of that tire and the bolt sticking out of that tire. And I think, oh brother, man, yo, he says, it's like, this, this brother's going through all kinds of different stuff. I'm thinking, man, Sean, that's, that's, that's crazy. And, and I think I have a story I wanted to share. But at the moment, it's not about me. It's about him. And you got to remember that when you're talking, when we're preserving relationships mm-hmm. and we're, we're in the presence of other people. I forget sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, I forget that you're going through something. I forget that sometimes you're even going through stuff that's harder than what I'm dealing with. Or more difficult and more complicated. I don't even think about that stuff sometimes. I'm just being honest with you because I think you're on the same page as me. I think you do the same thing. We don't think about other people that way. We don't think about those 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 things that they're dealing with. And so often we'll come into the presence of someone else and we're talking about how good everything is. Man, God has done this for me. He's blessed me. He's done this. He's done this. Or we're talking about how um, I did this and then I got this. And we're always talking about our gain. And this brother over here, or this sister over here, they're struggling. And I think, man, I got to listen to another one of these stories. I can't handle that right now. I got too many other things going on in my life. You see what I mean? Somebody had their hand up. Somebody had their hand up. I seen a hand. I'm sorry. Okay, let's keep moving. Let another man praise you, and not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. Verse three says, a heavy, a, a stone is heavy, and sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. What's a fool's wrath? Someone tell me, what's a what's a fool's wrath? Just open their mind before they think. Yeah, okay. Open their mouth before they think. Open their mouth before they think, Lath. A fool's wrath, I guess. Wrath would be the uh, the byproduct of being foolish, right? Okay. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, letting it go. Uh, let, letting our emotions go. At will? Uh, a loose cannon. Loose cannon? Get out of the way. You don't want to be around. Don't want to be around a loose cannon? Rick? With all, with all those things, people who don't know really what they're talking about. Oh, that's good. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes people don't know what they're talking about. Sometimes we don't know what we're talking about. Can we be honest? Sometimes that we're, it's, it's us. And so when it says a stone is heavy and sand is weighty, and, the, and, and the con, you get the contrast, say, hey, a stone is a heavy thing. And sand is weighty, especially when you get enough of it. But a fool's wrath is heavier. Do you see the the verbiage here that it uses? It uses heavy and then heavier. So so something, uh, you got to understand the contrast here. So stone, heavy, weighty sand, but a fool's wrath is heavier. Where's the weight coming from? Go ahead, Pastor. It puts weight on other people around. That's it, right there. It puts weight on other people. All right, so let's put let's drop that into your relationship, um, husbands and wives. I think this is a good one too. 
you, uh, the spouse, uh, they, they light off easy. They get angry easy. They, they, they lose control easy. And, and I've heard people say in the past, they'll say, you know, I, I, I'm just going to get only pushed so far, and when I get pushed so far, and then I'm just going to snap. You know, I'm just going to kind of come unwound. And I always thought that was funny because it's almost like you're predicting it. It's like you're giving it the, the, the authority uh, to act in situations. And you've got to understand that you're our loose cannon, Pastor, that loose cannon, you being a loose cannon affects your relationships. Snapping off, it affects your children. I, I've had to apologize to my children. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have come off like that. I come off wrong. Man, that's some hard. Isn't apologizing hard? Man, that's some tough stuff. But wrath, wrath, losing, loose control. That's loose control. Having no control over your emotions and feelings. Loose control and, and, and coming undone frequently that it weights other people down. Remember, we're intertwined. You think, well, it doesn't affect anybody but me. I can do whatever I want. It's my, it's my problem. No, it's not. It's not just you. You're, you're affecting other individuals that are around you. It's hurting them. And what's scary about that is most of the time with wrathful people or people that, are, that deal with anger issues, other people don't want to confront them because they're going to lose it. And so they avoid the confrontation. That's a tough place to be in. Actually, you're going to say something. Go ahead. I say, if I might, I just thought. No, please. Scripture Solomon says, uh, it says woman, but I'm going to go unisex here, man or woman. Uh, Only a man or a woman. A conquerous person is like, like dripping water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can, you ever, I, I, does that drive you crazy here, water dripping constantly? Yeah. That's kind of the thing that fits here. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so you got to that, ask that question. Can we, can I wait, not just with wrath, but let's go ahead and, Let's expand on that a little bit. Can I weight other people down? Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. And the only way that you can really figure out whether you are or not is to self-evaluate and figure out if, if what you're doing is starting to affect other people. So, you know, they don't act the same around me no more. Or they don't want to come around me anymore. <laughs> they stopped they stop wanting to eat with me or stop wanting to be around me or, 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 or have coffee or whatever. They, they want to stop doing these things with me. It's like, I don't understand why they, why they want to do that. Um, and we've talked very candidly in here about the, the struggle to self-evaluate and to realize that maybe it's us that really has the problem. I hate the idea that I've weighted somebody down. I, ha- I hate that idea. I, I, I hate the, the idea that I could be so frivolous with my, my emotions and my feelings that that we think that there are certain um, pre-qualifiers in, in that kind of exempt us. And for example, it's like, well, well, I don't yell, though. I don't know. What's your definition of yell? Because to them, you may be, you may be louder uh, to them than they can, they can stand. And so it's, it bombards them. I've never really looked at, you got to understand, church, I've not quite looked at these scriptures this way before, and this is what I was inspired with, because the dynamic of a relationship uh, should be an enormously important thing to you and me, and I, I believe that the relationships need maintenance and preservation on a continual basis, because we are going very, very fast through life. We are going very fast. You, more than likely, won't pay attention to those relationships around you until something hurts or something is gone most of the time 
until something hurts or something is gone. Amen. And what, I, what I'm referring to is by something hurts, that somebody is injured, and all of a sudden it's a reality check. Whoa. Whoa, I didn't, I didn't think we could be hurt. I didn't, think that that, I didn't think that that would really affect me that way. Because we're running, right? I mean, this thing is, we're just going, 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 going. We're not really considering, we're not thinking about the preservation of the people around us. Taking the time, spouses, being with each other, not running so fast. Um, something real simple for you, spouses. Uh, taking, your, take, uh, taking your spouse on a date and spending some time with them. Uh, making sure you're going out with your children and having some sort of fun and that, that your life isn't always, always this grind in a dead sprint to get to the next goal. Because before too long, we're not going to be here anyway. Now, you, we could say, well, yeah, that's right. Jesus is returning soon. You're right. He is returning soon. <coughs> but I'm also liable to just pass away. Pastor, you put it very well this morning. Yeah, you just might meet your end before all of that. And if that's the case, then what what and how have we treated the people around us? And have we preserved those relationships? Okay. So let's let's move move on. Now he's taking wrath and we're just going to talking about the wrath and and that it was heavier than those, but look at verse 4. Wrath is cruel and anger a torrent. Do you know what torrent is? Torrent is a sudden outpouring of something. That's what torrent is, when you suddenly outpour something. So anger is a torrent, but, here we got another but, but who is able to stand before jealousy? Oh, now we've added a different dynamic to the relationship. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a bad one. No. It'll be bad and good. The contrast. You're right. It is. So tell me why. So tell, tell me why jealousy is a, one of those special things <laughs> that really can destroy a relationship. Every evil work. Someone give me some, let's start on some base level. What are some things that you can get jealous of in a relationship with someone else? I'm talking friends, family, whatever. What are some things that you could get jealous of? Money. Money. Somebody's making money. I don't want to to leave that too quick because that's a good one. (laughs) Somebody started making more money than you. What? Just automobiles, just stuff. Okay. Things. Material things. things. You look at somebody else, the grass looks greener on the other side, right? You think, I've been praying for that. Why didn't I get it? I need that. Um, we used to laugh and joke about it uh, back when our kids were younger and we was driving the Chevy Cavalier two-door. <laughs> and there was five of them. And we would, but for Zayden and Zalen, wait a minute, you remember this, the car seats were so close you couldn't get a piece of paper between them. I don't even know if it was legal. I'm pretty sure John just was like, I don't need to see that. And poor Haven, you see, she's still the same size she was back then. <laughs> she was, she would sit right in the middle. And it was, oh, it was, it was something. And I remember... Being in that, being in that situation, and I rem- and John, and his wife get a brand new Tahoe, and I'm like, man, look at that Tahoe, and I was happy for him. I really was. 
And I use that example because what we easily do is we can look at somebody else's situation. We don't really realize the prayers and the time that they spent praying, and we don't really factor in God's blessing to them individually. We don't factor that in. We, we miss that sometimes. And I look back now in that situation with us and that, that car, man, that was some of the greatest times of my life. That was some of the greatest times. When Ember was born, we would take two vehicles wherever we went. Y'all remember that stuff? I mean, we did. I had my little red truck, my kid over in the passenger seat. Misty had the rest of them. And we would just go everywhere with two vehicles. And I thought, Lord, you got to get us out of this thing. we got to change. And it was so, it, it, it can get really easy to look at someone else's situation. You think, why do you got it better than me? Especially people who are close to you. you think, man, I want what you got. Do you? You really realize what people go through? You realize the price that's paid for some people? The things they got to go through to maintain what they got? You got to think about that. You got to factor that in. I've known people through the years and that are absolutely controlled by the envy of a spouse. Their whole life is under control because of that spouse's envy. Yeah. Jealous. Absolutely. Yeah. Having a... Man... That's a, that's a good one to really unpack because, yeah, the jealousy of a spouse, um, it can really, it can take away the importance of every other relationship within proximity. Holman said it's rottenness to the bone. Absolutely. No, that's, that's a very powerful thing. So, so jealousy here, and I, I got to keep moving because I just got a couple more scriptures I want to get through. Um, so it says, wrath is cruel and anger a torrent, but who is able to stand before jealousy? And I love what, if you'll notice there, it drops with a question mark. It doesn't give you a statement. It just gives you a question like, <laughs> who could stand against this? This is a toughie. Okay, moving on. All right, so verse 5 says, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. How many in here just love a good rebuke? <laughs> now, wait a second. Every one of you, as long as you're doing the one rebuking, as long as you're the one on that side, well, Open rebuke. Or what are some what are some things that could because the scriptures are are saying here that there's value here. There's value. Now you're gonna get the value here in just a minute because I'm gonna read I'm gonna read on. It says open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Well, let's actually go to verse six, because verse six will help explain this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Whoa. Wounds. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Yeah, come on. Well, what are the faithful wounds of a friend? Remember, we're talking about the proximity of relationships. We're talking about your people that you're around. You just read it. Wounds of rebuke. Wounds. So, you notice the you notice what they do here. Notice what it says. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, so that you've been wounded. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So the meaning that there'll be the, there'll be people in your life that should have the leverage to tell you what you need to be told because of their relationship with you. Amen. You, you should be able to be told that uh, a husband needs to. Be able to tell, I don't know what I do without my wife because she's a big part of who I am today because of open rebuke. I don't know what else to tell you. That's just what it is. And and wives have a special way. Ladies, are you with me? 
Come on, you get amen from the ladies. Amen. Open review. You gotta you gotta correct the husband. Husband, we gotta be put in husband, we gotta put it into place. That hurts. Or friend, that hurts when you're corrected or told. It's like, no, I don't like that. By design, ain't nobody like that. Not one of you in here are gonna are gonna be like, thank you so much for that open rebuke. I really appreciate that. That blessed my soul. Now it's gonna take you probably a month or two to actually say that. You're gonna have to see the results. So you smiling? I'm so smiling. I'm smiling from ear to ear. Because I'm so happy that you've rebuked me. Now, <laughs> but I want to show you something. Now, now, the explanation is at the last part of the verse, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And what it's talking about here, it's, it's the contrast of being, uh, being told what you need to hear or hearing what you don't need to, but it just feels good. You don't need to be hearing all of this clamor. People are saying things about you. Say, oh, you're, so, you're the greatest friend in the world. You're the best. You're, you're just so good. And all of these things. And then in the background, they're stabbing you in the back. Uh-huh. That's the deceitfulness there. And it's talking about the value of being rebuked by somebody who is closer than you versus being told a bunch of lies by somebody who pretends they are your friend. This kind of thing brings me back to some memories. <laughs> now, Sister Judy, you want to sit over here. Mm-hmm. She looked at me one day after, you know, we had this, some kind of talking and up there. And she looked at me and said, you don't pay attention very good, do you? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, you know what, sister? I said, I've had that problem all my life. (laughs) Well, what was good about that review is you just take, you took it. You were like, you know, (laughs) you know what? You're right. And that's, you learn that. You just, (laughs) I remember that too, actually. That's good. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. I'm almost done. Just a couple more scriptures and we're going to wrap it up. A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Now, I want to keep going. We're going to explain all this together. Uh, Like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. Read it again. Like a bird that wanders from its nest. Anyone ever found a bird out of place before? Uh Uh-huh. You, you, you come and you, you see the bird on the floor. You're like, oh, where'd you drop from? You look up, right? Like, where, where's that nest at? You got here somehow. You've wandered away from where you need to be. Is a man who wanders from his place. Now, how can a man or woman wander from their place? Remember, we're dropping this into relationships. How can you wander from your place? The place of marriage, you're supposed to stay with them. Okay, because of covenant, right? We have boundaries, right? Place where we're supposed to be. This is where we need to be. And it's up to the other individual that if you begin to wander, to tell them you're wondering. Now, I want you to consider this for just a minute. I want you to think about this because you got a lot of people around you right now. You got a lot of people around you. You might even have some people that are doing some wondering if you noticed it. And what I mean by wandering is totally subjective. I mean, it could be a, a, an array of things. Pastor used uh, marriage as a fantastic one. You're very likely to be connected with people who are wandering. And you know it, but you're afraid to say anything. It's like, eh, I don't know if I should say anything. May get upset with me. <coughs> what? Somebody, somebody weigh in on this. 
What can wandering lead to? Wandering outside of a marriage, what can that lead to? Infidelity? We know that's damaging, highly damaging. What what uh what can wandering from uh all right, let's just let's bring it to church. Wandering from participating and being a part of uh, the church family. Separation. Separation? You're on your own before you know it. You're on your own? You pulled away from the group. Because why, why, is that, why is that a big deal? You think, well, churches, I don't have to go to church. Okay, I, I understand that. I get that. I'm not talking about the legality part of it. I'm talking about the value of it. The value of church, a part of the value of church is the relationships that come with the people. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. So I value Wayland's relationship. I value Lace's relationship. I value Jesse's relationship. I value these relationships. I get to be with these brothers when I'm here at this place. I value that. So, okay, so a day comes, and I'm like, you know what? That means you're showing up. What's wrong with Tanner? He doesn't come anymore. We'll just let him go. He can do his own thing. Wandering. Now listen, in the context of relationship, when somebody is wandering, and you are, in, you are close to that individual, I'm not just talking about anybody. I'm talking about you're close to him. You have a relationship with him. Part of your responsibility to pick up that phone, to knock on that door, and brother or sister, are you okay? Are you making it? Is there something going awry in your world? Tell me what I need to do. What do we need to do? We need to pray. Do you need something? What is it? I'm not telling you you got to pander to maybe something that goes. Maybe it's, uh, I don't believe in pandering. And what I mean by pandering is, is maybe this is the 250th time that it's happened. And they're seeking attention. I'm not talking about it in that context. I'm talking authentically that somebody needs help. Who's going to help them? It's going to be people within their proximity. It'll be people that are in a relationship with that individual. And so we have to be aware. You be aware of people who are wandering outside of the parameters that they are used to. And that you're accustomed to seeing them in. You know, listen, you know when somebody's doing something they shouldn't be doing. You can smell it. You know what I mean? You're like, something ain't right here. I can smell it. Something don't seem right. Bad. What's that? So the wives are real good at that. Yeah. <laughs> they are really good at that. That was I didn't see that in the contract either when I was <laughs> No one told me that was an attribute, but it is. There's another angle with this is to Yeah, go ahead. Wandering into somebody else's business. Oh man, that's really good. Yeah. Too much. Uh, too much. Uh, yeah. Too much uh, nosiness. Could we? Could we say that? Nosiness. Being in someone's business. I. I. Well, I won't go into the social media thing. <laughs> but anyway, you know yeah. what I'm saying, and that's good, Pastor. Um, okay. And so we're we're coming down to these last ones here. So uh, verse nine and ten, and then we're going to close this thing. Verse nine. Ointment and perfume delight the heart. And the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. Now, I was studying this. Now, ointment and perfume delight the heart. I thought, man, what in the world are you talking about? Now, ointment and perfume smell good, but I don't know about delight the heart. Well, if you, if you study this and you read it in the context that, that the, the writer was meaning by this, see, they used perfume and ointments for everything. 
and there was a lot of stench in that day and time. They, they used oil and perfume for dead bodies. Uh, they used it in large gatherings when there were a lot of uh, people in there. Uh, uh, men would have meetings, and there was a lot of sweatiness and dirty feet, and there was just all kinds of stuff. And they used perfume and ointment for a lot of situations to relieve heavy smells. And so when the scripture says it delighted the heart, literally, it was like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, now look. If you have any doubt about that, look at what comes next. And the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. So meaning that if, if when counsel is given and it's allowed to be given, it's like, whoo, I needed that. That's exactly what the comparison is to. It's like the ointments go out, there's relief. Hearty counsel, good hearty counsel, it's a relief. It's like, it's directional. It's a piece of survival. But what I want to tell you, church, is it can't always be you giving the counseling. Sometimes you got to be okay with taking a piece. You, you can't, in this situation, you can have your cake and eat it too, but understand that it interchanges. Sometimes you're eating it, sometimes you're sharing it. It can't always be you being the one to counsel everybody. And I will say this, that... If you always find yourself in a situation where you seem to be the counselor, I can tell you, you're probably not in a very good place because you're, you're giving everything and you're never taking. That's out of balance. I can tell you that from my own life. I know that from myself. If I am not corrected within a certain sphere in my own life, if I'm not corrected on a basis, whether it's been teaching from the Word uh, hearing, uh, hearing things that I need to hear, my wife openly rebuking me, <laughs> whatever it is, I need that. I need to be told. And so that makes me more effective as an individual when I stand up here. It makes me more effective. But if, I, if I'm going around all the time just counseling everybody and I think I'm always right, no, that's not a good place to be in. And so the hearty counsel has got to be uh, um, something that, that not only we're willing to give, but we're also willing to take, and, it, it, and it's a huge relief. And then last verse, do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend. It's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Nor go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. All right, let's unpack that. Do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend. What that verse means is it's talking about proximity. It's talking about people around you. Because it's nor go to your brother's house in the day of calamity. That's assuming that your brother is farther away than your neighbor. And what the scripture is, is talking about here is use the resources that you have available to you. All right, I'll give you an example. It's kind of like saying, I need a stick of butter. But I don't want to go next door to neighbors and get it because I really don't like that guy. I'm using this as a loose example. I need something, but I'm not going to you for it. I'll go find somebody that I like to get it. 50 miles away to get it. You see, you see what the scripture's saying here? There's, there's, there's a lot of power in this because this often also caters, if we're not careful, we're catering again only to what we want. I don't want to do it that way. I don't want to go to him. I don't want to go, or I don't want to have to lean on that individual or talk to that individual. But it's what you need to do. 
because they're your resource. They're who God has put in your sphere. I guess in, in this sense, what it's speaking about, and it's not, listen, don't take it literal. It's not talking about family ties being a bad thing. It's not even what it's referring to. It's referring to proximity. It's referring to, okay, yeah, your brother who is close to you in a relationship, but he's far away. We got, you got your neighbor here, and it makes perfect sense to go to him to get help. Why don't you just use him? No. I'll go 50 miles. Well, you're the one that's being ridiculous about it. And we don't know as much as we think that we do if we're going to act like that. And so you use the resources that are around you. You use the people that are, are around you. Have you, ever had, have you ever had somebody say, it blessed them to help you? Uh-huh. I, for, for the longest time, it never made sense to me. I was like, it blessed you to help me. I took from you. I took your resources. I took your time. But it blessed you? And you don't really know what that means until you've actually done it yourself. And, and over the years, I've, I've learned that simply participating and engaging in the relationships with the people that you have around you, just the people that you have around you, just the people that God has given you, and saying, you know what, I'm just going gonna, gonna to ask them. I don't want to ask them, but you know what, I'm going to ask them. And then them say, you blessed me. And then I realize, oh, this wasn't all about me, was it? I thought this was all about me. I, just, I needed help. I, I was in a bind. And then that person's so elated saying, thank you for asking me. Because I needed that. I needed that. And guess now, what do we got? We got a relationship that's been built. We got something that's now stronger than it was before. Anyone else? Pastor. For instances where your neighbor knows more about you than what your faraway brother does. That's true. That's good. That's good. That's real good. Jim? Well, be careful. When you miss church, I know everybody should have a reason to miss some. Sure. You have to. I mean, I, I just ain't no other way around it. But yeah. At that time, uh, sickness or other people, you know, or family being sick or whatever, you can always miss a day or so. Or if you even even go on a uh, maybe a week vacation, mm -hmm. that's all right. Keep your church in mind. And don't, I don't start a church just because, well, I don't think that, that they'll miss me today, you know. Yeah, that's, that's, good. that's good advice, Jim. That's good. So t I hope that you enjoyed this lesson tonight because this is a, li it's a little different. A little different, but this way it was inspired to me, and I, I hope that you, you can take uh, with you these things for, out of Proverbs that we can maintain and, and pres uh, preserve our relationships uh, with the people around us. And maybe, maybe you got something here tonight. Maybe one of these scriptures spoke to you. Uh, and maybe cause you to look at the people around you a little bit differently, and, and maybe we're, uh, we're better for it. So uh, if you would stand, uh, we'll pray and be dismissed. Pastor, uh, announcements? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, with that said, Jesse, if you would, brother. Dismissed. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be here tonight, Father, to, to give you the praise and worship, Father. We thank you for the, the teaching tonight, Father. We just pray this gets into our heart, Father, and we can we can use this and start and, and use this, Father. And we just pray that you be with each and every one of us throughout the week and bring us back here safely Wednesday, Father. And we just ask you to give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah.